so the, basically that's what the the concept of that is is an inner tormentor and it makes me think about um you know paul's talking about having this thorn in his side and there's so much speculation on what that could be um you know is it a physical condition is it um a spiritual yeah, spiritual attack or spiritual something. Like, I, I thought, I figured he would, I mean, he talks enough about that. And, you know, we know that there's warfare happening on a spiritual level because this is not the only plane that is that exists. And we know that. I mean, that's also just kind of like a scientific fact. It's not a biblical principle. It is a biblical principle. And I'm not falling just on a biblical principle. I'm falling on the fact that scientifically, according to science... Dun, dun, dun. Um, but anyways, this inner torment, I, I think of it as an inner tormentor. And I, and I think about that, about a thorn in the side, you know, for a long time, I thought physical ailment, because when I'm going through a physical ailment or something like that, you know, especially if it's a migraine or it's like a fibromyalgia flare up or something like that, it's easy for me to think about that and just blanketing it with this thorn in my side that makes me you know, it, it could lead me to depression, it could lead me to this, it could lead me to that, you know, and that's a spiritual, uh, psychological, mental trip that you go down to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there is, there are, there is a spirit behind it, there's a spirit of fear, you know, is this, oh, is this always going to be my life? Is the pain never going to end? What if the pain never ends? Uh, what if this happens? What if the pain is more than just this right what if it's actually yeah something yeah something along those lines that would it would in strict fear worrying doubt like all of those things right those things lead to so to me i think about the idea of the inner tormentor as being a thorn in my side it's something that i think affects everybody 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 you know fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, like all of those things that, that can be, you know, felt that are triggered by something else. I, to me, and the reason that we're doing the book, um, by C.S. Lewis is because it, it plays out this beautiful, um, performance of, what an inner tormentor discussion would look like or the cleverness and the strategy behind that type of activity, the way that it operates in a spiritual realm, but how we experience it in the physical realm with where we're at. So talking to you about, um, you know, for me, what that looks like is this thought process and having a conversation about uh, ministry and what ministry looks like and a major topic that we're going to discuss on uh, the Life Ignited podcast um, is morality and what could be an inner tormentor and using specific cases that would push us uh, in the sense of where do we as Christian believers draw a line. 
when it comes to, yes, we believe in forgiveness, we believe in this, we believe in that. But say, for instance, in the case of this man that was in Texas that, um, I think he bludgeoned his child's rapist to death. You know, and talking about what does that look like? At what point, as a as a human being, and and I think it's something that's shared by both believers and unbelievers, that that action was completely acceptable. And then you know we could have somebody on the outside of that say, well, as a but but as a uh, believer, you should be able to forgive. I I have friends that are. Um, you know, of that thought process that these people can be rehabilitated or X, Y, or Z. Um, I have never seen scientific evidence of that or programs or anything to that nature. And so, you know, in those thoughts, it, it makes me weigh out, um, you know, if my flesh says, you know, is, is it weak that my flesh says I will ask, I will likely give to my flesh and murder somebody and then ask for forgiveness? Know that, be tormented with that. Um, and where does that put us in our, you know, in the battle of, you know, I mean, this is something that as an, a believer in a conversation with an unbeliever has come up, has come up. Um, and then also uh, looking at how that uh, leads into inner torment, um, our, our beliefs, not just like on this specific subject, but in other areas of our life and what that looks like and how do we, how do we walk through um, just life and do life and do life with one another, knowing that each and every one of us is having some type of uh, internal and external battle, which uh, we find brings us to discover we're so much more alike than we are different. And so with all of the topics and all of the things and all of the controversies um, and all of the conspiracies or propaganda, all of the stuff that's there, uh, looking at what is motivating those things and understanding that underneath all of it, there is a power given to fear. And when we do that, um, it makes things challenging. Uh, it also can threaten ministries. It can threaten marriages. It can threaten family relationships between parents and children, um, work conflicts, um, and also socioeconomic issues as people are, are facing, uh, job losses or, um, are standing in a space where uh, they are against what they believe to be tyranny and holding the line, not complying. You know, and in that bravery and the ability, because not everybody has that ability to do that. It's it's literally life or death for them and their their situation. Um, to deny 
a job? How do we become more compassionate with the understanding that more and more people are feeling more and more afraid the further we go into this? And to understand that we're each on a, a spiritual battle, which is also what's described in Paul in, in Paul in the Bible. Paul talks about um, the battle of the mind, and he goes into great detail about that. And not only does he go into great detail about that, uh, he tells us what we need to do, what needs to happen, what condition we need to be, and what we need to look, be on the lookout for. Um, how do we combat that? And it's basically taking every single thought captive. That's exhausting. <laughs> if I mean, in my mind, because often my mind is always going. And so taking every, every thought captive for some of us and for people like me, um, it can be exhausting if we don't learn adaptive ways uh, to handle that. And we don't learn spiritual ways that we have been uh, just given perfect instruction and perfect um, a perfect model and a perfect example on how to do that. And um, luckily, it's not works. But uh, there are things that I believe that we have been instructed through holy scriptures that are. Uh, the word of God to help us in that fight. And we're told it's a fight. We're also told, told that it's a race. And, um, you know, with a little one or little ones in our lives and around us, with our friends and our friends' children, uh, like even the, the those little ones are an understanding of what a race is, um, and at a certain age, they become very competitive. They want to win. <laughs> they want to win. They want to win. They strive. They want to win. <laughs> but this race that we're in is not that kind of race. And that is also something that can be really detrimental to us because comparison can rob us of our joy. The comparing lives to lives when they're highlight reels on Instagram or they're the shiniest things um, or, you know, like all of those things are not. And that's what people put forward, though. Too. Yeah, they want to put their best foot forward. They want where it's 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 human nature. There's so many things that's in us that is human nature. But the cool thing is about when learning to uh, decipher between what is your flesh and what is your spirit, um, or what is a spirit, uh, and which spirit that do you want to align with? And for me, that is the Holy Spirit, which. I was uh, 30-something years old before I realized or understood that the Holy Spirit wasn't just like the spirit, that it was like a, a person. <laughs> it was the third person. <laughs> so I, I that's uh, it's amazing. And being in uh, the Book of Acts right now with a study group, which for my um, fellow uh, learners, lifelong learners that want to learn um, about what the Bible says uh, and what church is supposed to look like next to what you may have experienced, maybe what um, 
I don't know, your especially negative experience, like this is a, should be a, an opportunity for you to see the stark contrast between maybe what you've experienced and what you should look for or what you should start because that is a total possibility. You don't have to have um, a degree, like a degree. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a scholar to go and uh, find someone who is getting together in, in what's called a life group where you actually do life with one another. Um, if you hear, if you are listening to this podcast and you are local, um, what I think would be really relevant for me to say is that if you hear, t- hear of anyone <laughs> in our life <laughs> that refers to one of us as their life partner, <laughs> it is not what you think that it is <laughs> because it's, it, it's almost an inside joke because, um, because we, we, and we live in a small town and, and aside from all the wonderful things that we can do here, a pastime is storytelling, <laughs> like telephone, <laughs> and uh, things can be real easily misconstrued. Life partner um, is somebody that does life with you. Like we ha- we have friends that have done life with us, and thankfully it was at a time that maybe one of us or both of us were not very lovable, um, which you know is a reminder that like you sometimes we have those people in our lives. Sometimes we did not have those people in our lives. If we did not have those people in our lives, then we become, you know, like those people that we needed in our life for somebody else. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people do that and have that, excuse me, in their lives. They just don't call it life partners. Well, that's coined Uh, by, yeah. Yeah. But other people. people have, other friends in their lives that they do a lot of things together with they're always at each other's houses their kids are friends you know it's uh they forgive each other easily there is no offense between them because they're family you know it's like living in these small towns and your cousins live in the same small town and your cousin's kids and your kids are are really close friends and you know how like your with, niece is a very good example with of my that family in Minnesota like their family and their family's family and they all grew up together really close yeah we grew uh, up with all, that kind of they're all it, it, I, and and I, like and I don't uh, yeah and, and there are families out there that are very much like that and in the Hispanic community um, you know especially when we go back to California uh, it's cool to see and you know it used to be a thing of of uh, you know, while we were growing up and while the kids were growing up is that you see multiple families living together yeah, and it was a socioeconomical, yeah, it was a socioeconomic um, <laughs> bonus for them because everybody's working. Everybody's pitching in. They're not, they're not so in collecting the last, a check. In this last <laughs> census, yeah. they said that it's the first time that the number of households has decreased, but the population has increased where that just means that more people are living in these multi-generational homes Mm -hmm. where you have the kids and the parents and the grandparents sometimes or Alexa stop or friends cohabitating right two families in a home right and so that's something that we believe in we believe in doing life with other people and we've done that and we've had that opportunity and the blessing um, 
in the ministry of doing life with people. And often it's during times that they have experienced tragedy or they're experiencing a transition. And I think all the times. Yeah, actually all the times, all the times. And you know, and that's, this isn't something that's new. Like, uh, and it's not something that's always like, it's not a long-term thing either. It's, you know, we've had people come and stay here for a year or 18 months or two weeks. Yeah, it varies. 10 days. It's like doing foster care with adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those adults, they have, they're, they're going through feelings and emotions too. They have tantrums, you know, we've had crying spells. Like it's, it's, you're literally crying and, you know, mourning with someone. And then you're also celebrating with somebody, you know, and sometimes you're fighting with somebody, but the way that we fight is differently, you know, and it, it looks a lot like, um, Karate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks a lot like talking. And for that, for people, some people is really hard. You know, that's why therapy is so good is because you're talking to somebody. When you talk things out, um, it's it's really interesting because there's a, an ability to start discovering things and, and maybe processes and thoughts that that may be habitual, that may be on a cycle that, you know, especially on your cycle and you feel like you're in a cage and on the wheel and you just, you have dreams and aspirations, but those are dying because you're losing hope. And then on top of that, you've got the fear piled onto everything, um, you know, or fear of, you have family members around you that are fearful. And these are super sensitive topics that we're talking about. And, uh, it's not an us against them thing. And, you know, as much as we can joke, and that's the, the downside of social media is that, you know, I can post a lot of things that have my opinion on it, but it loses the real empathy that I have, you know, and the real concern that I have, knowing that this affects my family, this affects my children, it affects my f- my folks. Um, we may poke fun at an overall situation in the same way that a political cartoon can honor truth and try to find humor because for me, if you can't find something funny in, in there, if you can't find some irony or something at some point, it will crush you. It'll consume you. It will harden you. It'll make you bitter, not better. And in all of these things that are happening, you know, especially being that we live in a small community, there can be a pastime for gossip, which I think is, um, you know, I find is the greatest sin because, you know, it talks about killing a man more than once. It kills their reputation. And we've had it that, you know, there's rumors that I, that at some point here we had separated. Um, I do a lot of ministry work in California. I do a lot of speaking engagements in California. And so I go to California, but I don't do those things or not. I, for those reasons, it's my mom and my dad are there and it's an opportunity for me to be there. If it lines up, then work can pay for my travel. And as as these things happen, I, I take up every single one of those opportunities to go to, to my parents' homes. And what do we do over there? I mean, we do all of the things when we can. My brother does all of the things. Let me back that train up because that's pride right there. My brother does all of the things. My mom does all of the things. My dad is not in a position to do any of the things, (laughs) but things that he can be on ladders and things that he can, well, that's, yeah, that's, that one's over now. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's going too fast on a scooter, like, but it's, uh, it's, we're also in that season where our parents, um, 
you know, we have the blessing to help them in the way that they helped us in so many, uh, in so many transitions of our lives and, and to stick it out, whether that was my mom throwing holy water on me (laughs) or shoes, shoes, yeah. Uh, (laughs) those chanclas. So, you know, all of these things play into, and there are multiple things that are happening. This is my personal podcast and it's lost and looking, you're going to get confused maybe at some point. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have the website will be done at some point, but I am not hustling. I am not striving. I'm not doing, uh, all of the things because life is really, really good. And it's really so much more enjoyable when I take the time to live it. And so these things are happening naturally. They're happening organically, which is why we are, uh, still in bed on an early Sunday morning recording for, you know, an update because we're after progress, not perfection. And because God does not want my sacrifice, he wants my obedience. And so, so that things don't get um, cluttered up in our marriage or in my parenting or in my ministry, which is not my ministry, which is really just me trying to be obedient and listen and be um, in the spirit of, of just, okay, God, what is your will for our lives? What, where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to do today? And be able to see that clearly. I have to be serving exactly right where I'm at intentionally with the person who's right in front of me and for us and for our marriage and for everything, it requires us to do life as it's happening and this opportunity to record and and to get something out there, um, you know, is important, but we'll talk about all of those things. This is just going to be kind of a once a week thing. And, and I'm just kind of doing a recap of what's happening. Um, the podcast that is being recorded this week is you think it's bad now, (laughs) a look at history, (laughs) uh, and civil unrest. And, um, just basically looking at how we, how we got here, um, not here like today, but yes, overall in the history of America. And so that is more of a historical uh, look with, you know, me sharing views, uh, Aaron, our uh, House of Representatives uh, prior, what would you call him? State legislator. Yes, our state legislator. Um on zero coffee, people. <laughs> this is, yeah, our district rep. This, uh, yeah, this is this is pre-coffee. This is as raw and real and relevant as like for uh, for getting this done. Um, so that's happening. That's being recorded. Uh, I will be putting those links out if you're following me. I, I have I have to keep things separate because there's different aspects of our lives that people want to see in different places. So. You know, Zoop Troop is for what's happening as we're doing North Dakota living and scenes. You know, and some of the funny that, you know, we get to experience living in a small town. Uh, I heard last, like, what was it? No, it was like three months ago that I left you and went to California. We were separated or something? There was a, there was a few choices to choose from there. 
or multiple rumors that oh yeah that you guys sold your house and you moved back to California and or okay. that you and your wife are separated and she moved back to California. Did mm. they say they say why? They didn't. There was no. See, that's the real cheese, man. We yeah. gotta get to the bottom. Why? Of why did we sell our house? Why did my wife leave me? I don't know. But yeah, those were the rumors. So there was uh, there was no consensus of which one it was, and I told him that uh, you guys are all wrong. <laughs> Did you leave him in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't sell our house. We have no intention of selling our house. It didn't, it didn't become a sorority house. My wife didn't leave me. I didn't kick my wife out. <laughs> we're both still living in the house together. We're yeah. we're not polygamous. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We're still married. We're still married. Everything's no really problem. good. <laughs> you just haven't seen us because we've been busy. Yeah, we're doing things. Um, yeah, and I and that goes and we've back been to traveling. Yeah, and, we go back. I went back to California a, a lot. <laughs> How many times? We were in California a lot. Three or four times this year. I think I was back five or six times. Yeah, and I was back, I think, four. And so, and last year, our son got married out at my um, my parents' place. It's like a family property, a little family farm. And I also have a t- tiny house out there that's on the property, which I like to stay in. Um, but this last time, it was a time for me to sit with my dad. And um, they do a lot of uh, watching of 24-hour news stations. And it gives me anxiety. So, so I tricked them, and I got them hooked on Downton Abbey, which they loved. Um, he came in, I think, on season three, and that's where where I was like, "Hey, do you mind if I watch this? Because I feel a little anxious." And uh, me and my dad got to sit in recliners and watch a show and then talk about stuff and it's the most time that me and my dad have ever spent together like in my entire life so i have a uh, yeah i have an affinity or or a a fondness uh for everything british 1880s and 1890s (laughs) yeah it might be including my collection of ink ink wells antique ink wells and his collection of bottles and and those things so it was just a really nice time um so I do. And then I also do a lot of women's ministry out there. And so um, many people know that I work with, um, well, we worked with challenged youth with uh, what they call extreme negative behaviors. Uh, so we do that. He's uh, certified. Uh, he's he's trained. What, what, do you, what do you have? The training for this approach, parenting approach, and uh, coaching. Third degree black belt. And... <laughs> <laughs> taekwondo is a part of our lives. Chop them kids. Yeah, no. taekwondo is a part of our lives. We found a Christian uh, taekwondo uh, guy out here, Tom, who's awesome. Family is awesome. Uh, who has a connection with our gal that uh, does writing lessons. It's a therapeutic uh, process that I, I think is just absolutely wonderful, and it's just good to be around animals and horses and it teaches you disciplines and um and practices that i think are important and the gal savannah who runs runs it is is amazing she's just amazing woman of faith um a leader uh so anyways all of these things that are going on in our lives this is the way that it's going to be uh you know shared probably weekly um we've got a wonderful woman that is leading a Bible study. Her name is Katie 
Katie from Michigan, as my husband calls her. And uh, for those of you guys that want to get in on that, it's uh, Louis Giglio's Axe. Uh, we just started the first one. If you want to catch up, I'm going to be uh, hosting uh, Wednesday afternoon. And you guys can catch the replay. Uh, we get together on Thursday nights, 930 uh, Central Time. No, yeah. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think Eastern. I've got clocks all over my house, you guys, with different time zones for different friends in our lives. <laughs> so I know if I could call or message. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, uh, that happens Thursday evenings. Um, Wednesday, though, uh, while the, the little is uh, going and doing her thing, uh, she's going to, I'm going to be doing a, a recap and we're going to go through and do. Uh, the first one, if you missed it last week, because we're starting the series. I've got another wonderful woman in my life named Carla. She's been doing women's Bible studies for uh, a long time, a really long time, and she's good at them. And I know that she has a passion for those that um, have experienced trauma, PTSD. I won't, I won't put that here and what that is specifically, because I don't really have a trigger warning on this. But um, that in itself may just give you an idea. Uh, but she's going to be at some point doing some Bible studies that are specific for women that uh, may have gone through some uh, some really difficult things in their lives. Uh, so those links will be out there. Um, and you basically just follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> and speaking of doing life, we're also going to be sharing uh, on Dear Cat a transition and what I believe is going to be uh, many visual miracles in the making as we have friends that are coming from California uh, to come and do life with us as they get out of California. Uh, they're going to come and move in. We're going to be doing life. Uh, so hopefully this also squashes the rumors that we're uh, a polycule. Or Mormon. Or Mormon. Uh, so, no funny business happening here, people. It's, uh, we're doing life. And we're, if you hear the term life partner, uh, my my gal that's coming out here, <laughs> our friend, um, somebody who I met through working as an elections official in California uh, during the Obama uh, voting cycle. Uh, we met uh, prior before her and her husband, Rob, got married. Uh, I had the pleasure of taking their engagement pictures. <laughs> it's so crazy. We've been friends for such a long time. And they've been there watching our kids uh, grow up. She was such a help. She was a helpmate to me uh, when I started my business, my first business. And then when I went into tattooing. And um, these are people that we can do life with. And... They are incredible, and we're excited because they want to buy their first home. And I don't know, this is just a natural thing that we're both blessed with. And so, um, but yeah, that's the end. This is the end because life is happening, and we're going to go and see friends and have a good day. And, uh, Anything to add? Toodaloo. <laughs> Toodaloo. Um, oh, also book club.
inner tormentor. That's where this started. I need the visual cues. I, that's why I put it on the top of the title here. I was like, what was I? The, you'll, the spider web. Also, my ADHD people. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll enjoy the deer cat sessions. Uh, it's just us, basically. Uh, Marge and I, we're going to get together. and <laughs> Marge and I are going to get together. And uh, we're talking about all of these things. We're going down the rabbit hole. Uh, so yeah, if wherever you are in the world, um, whatever it is that you're doing, I hope that you are safe, that you're doing it well, that you're making good choices, <laughs> includes my kids cause they'll listen and, uh, yeah, toodaloo.